Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Well, okay, we just came out of chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit was poured out and Peter asserted that the promise is to you and to your children and to as many as uh, who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Well, thank God it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. And Peter's telling us not only come to repentance, but also be filled with the Holy Spirit. So here we are, Acts chapter 3 now, and it ended the chapter in chapter 2 to say that the church was meeting consistently in the temple and from house to house, and that the Lord was adding to the church daily those who were being saved. So we go into chapter 3, and here's what it says. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. We're talking about three in the afternoon prayer in the temple. Verse 2, And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Now, this man had never in his whole life walked. So, lame from his mother's womb, I mean, he had never walked. So, you can imagine the muscles did not look like muscles. The legs did not look like normal legs. I mean, just skinny, frail things, no doubt, could never walk. And, uh, and he's begging at the gate, beautiful, going into the temple. He's asking for alms. He's asking for some coins. Could you give some, some help to me, a beggar and a lame man? So it goes on to say, And fixing his eyes on him, the lame man, with John, Peter said. So Peter locked eyes with him and, and laid hold of this guy, looked at him. And he said this, Look at us. So apparently the man was not actually looking at him yet. He said, look at us. Verse 5. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. So this lame man is thinking, well, they must be asking me to look so that they could put something in my cup or whatever it is he was holding out there. So it says, uh, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. Like, I don't have money to give you, okay? Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, listen to that. But what I do have, isn't that interesting? I don't have money to give you. But what I do have, well, what did he have? Well, let's find out. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Well, what did he have? He had the authority in the name of Jesus. And we also know from the previous chapter that he had the fullness of the Holy Spirit. This also uh, requires, I think, that we remember that when Jesus first sent out the 12 apostles in Matthew chapter 10, he said, freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. And Peter says here, but what I do have, I give you. So 
what did he have? He had something that he received from Jesus. He received the authority in Jesus' name, and he received the outpouring of the Holy Spirit from Father God and from the Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now watch this. He didn't just talk. Verse 7. And he, Peter, took him, the lame man, by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Can you imagine what that felt like to this lame man who had never walked? And all of a sudden, you know, somebody might say, oh, I got a chill down my spine. Or, man, I just felt uh, electricity all over my body or something, right? Man, this man felt like, I don't know how else to make a sound effect, but bzzz, I mean, this man felt something, sh feeling, sh strength shoot into his legs and strength in his feet, his ankle bones, his legs. It says, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, this man who had never walked, leaped up, stood and walked and entered the temple with Peter and John. See, Peter and John are on their way into the temple to pray. Well, this man went with them. It says, he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Well, I see at least two miracles here. Number one, the miracle, or it's really a healing. It's really a healing. His legs were completely healed. Okay, so that's one, if we could call it a miracle in a generality. It's a, it's a supernatural event. His legs were healed by the power of God. And so that's one. But the second is, you know, even if your legs went from being lame to being healed, that doesn't mean that you're coordinated. That doesn't mean that you know how to walk. The man had never walked before. And so for him to be able to instantly have the you know, the balance, the equilibrium for his feet muscles and everything to know how to balance himself. He is walking, he is leaping, he is praising God. Well, there's, there's a, another miracle, a, a stacked miracle here that's happened with this man. And so they are going into the temple. This man, you can imagine the joy. He's jumping up and down. I'm healed, I'm healed. Verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Why, this guy's so happy. And so obviously he's catching attention because, you know, he's praising God like nobody else in that temple is praising God that day. Verse 10, then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So these people, they realize that's the guy we pass all the time at the beautiful gate who begs for alms. And look at him. He's walking. He's healthy. And so they're filled, notice, not with faith. They're filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, he wasn't about to let them go. I mean, he knew the power of God rested on them. So as the, the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. So this captivated all the people. By the way, the Temple Mount there 
where Herod's temple was, the second temple, where Herod's temple was, it is a humongous platform where hundreds of thousands of people could assemble all at once. So we don't know that there were that many at this particular time, though it was uh, a season, it seemed like, coming out of Pentecost. We don't know exactly how far after Pentecost this healing was, but it was shortly thereafter, evidently. So it goes on to say, all the people of the temple started running together to come around and to see this miracle that had happened. And so it said, when all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly amazed, verse 12, so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Isn't this funny? Peter wants to ask him, why are you marveling at this? Well, they're saying, hello, (laughs) this is a, a miracle that's going on here. But Peter said, why do you marvel at this? Listen, or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness, we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, he's speaking their language. This is the God of the Jews here. And of course, our God too. But he said, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus. So now he's explaining to them how this miracle happened. And it happened with the God that they all know and love. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate. Boy, I mean, he's indicting them to say, yeah, this is this is the power that comes through the man that you delivered to Pilate. He said, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. So notice right there, Peter is convinced that Pilate was determined to let Jesus go. We talked about this as we read through some of the Gospels, including the Gospel of John. Verse 14, But you denied the Holy One and the just, and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and killed the Prince of Life. Well, the murderer, of course, was Barabbas, that that they asked to be released instead of Jesus. And killed the Prince of Life, whom God, watch this, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are all witnesses. Notice they're giving witness to the resurrection. Notice Jesus said, and and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me. Well, we're watching this happen. They're witnessing right now that Jesus was absolutely raised from the dead. It says, of which we are witnesses, verse 16, and his name, oh, this is so important. Don't miss this part. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. So Peter is clarifying exactly how this miracle happened. And his name, the name of Jesus, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And watch this, lest you think that it's the name of Jesus alone. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of all. So Peter says, the name of Jesus and faith in his name has made this man strong and whole, as you see today. And then he says, yes, the faith. So what does that tell us? That tells us the name of Jesus has all authority. We know that. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so we know that the name of Jesus is the name that contains that authority. However, without faith, the name of Jesus is void. 
In other words, yes, the name of Jesus has all that authority, but if you don't believe it, you can speak the name of Jesus, but if you don't speak it in faith, you don't really trigger the authority and the power that that authority can release. So this is why we have to fill ourselves with the word of God so that we believe it, so that when we pray, so that when we use the name of Jesus, it it activates the power of God. And that's what happened here. They used the name of Jesus in faith. So he says, this is how the man's was healed, and his name, Jesus' name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him, through Jesus, has given him, this man, this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance. So now he's kind of letting them off the hook and saying, I know you didn't realize he really was the Messiah, and that's why it happened. And of course, Jesus needed to die for our sins. So yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ or the Messiah would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted. I know you did it in ignorance, but you still need to repent of it. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Oh, there's a a lot of things in that one verse. Let me just take a moment here. Repent, that means you need to change your mind. You need to change the way that you're thinking. You need to change the way that you're living. Repent, turn around, therefore, and be converted. He's talking about being born again. Be changed into one who now puts faith in Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus as the Savior, the Messiah. Repent, therefore, and be converted. Watch this. That your sins may be blotted out. Well, I thought Jesus paid for all the sins. He did. But until we repent, until we confess those sins, until we acknowledge that those sins exist, then it's not covered. In other words, it'd be like somebody says, hey, I'm going down to the grocery store and I'm going to buy $500 worth of groceries for you. Just stock your shelves up. Okay, well, they go down and they can write a check or whatever and say, or leave cash and say, this is for John Smith. Here we go, there there are the groceries. But if you don't go down there and admit that you're John Smith and claim it, then you won't get those groceries. And in the same way, Jesus paid for all the sins. But if you don't come and say, I have sins and I'm putting my faith in God that Jesus paid for these sins, then your sins won't be blotted out even though they're already paid for See, so Jesus did his part. Now we need to preach the gospel so that people come and do their part, acknowledging their sins, inviting that payment to apply to their sins and thank God. God will always be faithful to do that if they'll repent. So he says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Watch this. And notice there's no doubt in that. Nobody is going to humbly repent and not have their sins blotted out because Jesus paid for them. God wants to forgive sin. But watch this. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. See, when you get born again and the presence of the Lord comes in you and on you, oh, you begin to be refreshed. Even in the middle of hard times, we have the peace that passes all understanding, don't we? We have the joy of the Lord. We have the fullness of the Spirit. So he says that times of refreshing, 
that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. This is why when we come into worship that we shouldn't just sing songs, but we should enter into the presence of the Lord because that's where we'll be refreshed. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And he goes on to say, and that he may send Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who was preached be, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive, watch this, until the times of restoration of all things. So Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father right now. We know that. But he's not going to stay there. He's going to come back again. But he's going to stay there, notice, until the times of restoration of all things. There is a time that the prophets have prophesied would come to pass at the end of the age where Jesus comes back to the earth. He judges the wicked. Uh, the, the church will be raptured and will go into the millennial, which means thousand year reign of Christ. And he's going to restore this earth. He's going to restore order. He's going to restore righteousness. He, he's going to restore things the way that they should have been all along. So until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. Verse 22, for Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, that's Jesus, from your brethren, him, and when it says from your brethren, it's talking about from Israel, from the Jewish people, as we'd say it today, from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, we know that Jesus was born of the tribe of Judah, see, of the line of David, the lineage of David. So it says, uh, Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you. And it shall be that every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. And this would include Jewish people who will not receive Jesus as Messiah, who will not receive Jesus as the Savior. They'll be destroyed. And this is ultimately talking about going to hell forever and ever. Oh, may no one, may that not happen to any anybody that's on this uh, video reading today. No. Let's put our faith in Jesus. Verse 24. Yes, and all the prophets, Peter's still talking. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who follow, as many as have spoken, have also foretold these days. Talking about these New Testament days. You are sons of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. And so uh, there's this outstanding opportunity that comes about because of a miracle. Now, now let's hear this. This is what God wants to do today. Now, it doesn't have to happen this way every time. But if we will minister healing, if we will minister the power of the Holy Spirit, when the power of God manifests, people open up to hear. And then when we preach, when we teach the Word of God and preach the Word of God, that's when faith comes and that's when people can get saved. See, and so we're going to see in the next chapter that many more are going to be swept into the family of God. Many more are going to be added to the church because this miracle opened up their hearts to listen. And then when the word of God was preached, man, faith came. And so many of them believed. Not everybody in Jerusalem, 
but many we'll see in the next chapter. So praise God. Let's be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Let's be ready to minister in the name of Jesus. Let's be ready to use that authority to release the power of God. God wants us to do this. Now, of course, I believe personally that this miracle was a manifestation of the Spirit. It was an instant healing. It was what I believe is uh, one of the nine manifestations of the Spirit outlined in 1 Corinthians 12 called the gifts of healings. The gifts of healings, plural in both words, gifts of healings. And so this was one of those gifts and a healing occurred. Well, it was a manifestation. In other words, it's not lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. No, it was an instant healing that happened. Many times this happened in the ministry of Jesus, but not every time. But oh, when they happen, let me tell you, <laughs> they're, they're attention grabbing. And that's an opportunity to speak boldly and excitedly about who God is and allow people to come into the kingdom. And that's exactly what we'll see in the next chapter. So praise God, along with, by the way, persecution. So thank God for the word and may the Lord work these things in us. Father, for everyone reading with me today, may the Holy Spirit fill them and may they be sensitive and may we all be led by the Spirit to see the power of the Spirit manifest on behalf of precious people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.